Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast is brought to you by Conti Fitness. Get the best in personal and online training and coaching, where you will find monthly online unlimited yoga packages, run training, play yoga, motivational speaking, and more. If that's not all, find out how to get the newest facial exercise program and manual. Let's face it together. Go to ContiFitness.net to find out more. High Five Health and Fitness. Create positive change in your life with online health coaching sessions with High Five Health and Fitness. Also brought to you by Revolution Running. Join world-renowned Dr. Jason Karp for a workshop or certification near you. Author of Run Your Fat Off, Inner Runner, and so many more books. That's R-E-V-O-2-L-U-T-I-O-N, running.com. Also brought to you by 361 Degrees. For the best in athletic footwear and apparel, go one degree beyond with 361 Degrees. For codes and promos, go to twofitcrazies.com and click on the podcast sponsor tab at the top of the page. It is Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Coming off the episode of a lifetime um coming off of episode what 46 with gregory andrus dropped last week brian it was so good i love that guy that was nuts yeah that was, I, I went back and listened to that and it was just better it like it was i know i was in on the interview yeah but going back and actually listening to it and really letting everything set in with his story, and for those of you that you know didn't listen yet, Gregory Andrus has just had a really, I guess, very hard life growing troubles. up. Yeah, he had troubles, and um, you'll hear about it in the episode forty-six when you hit two fit crazies in the microphone mm. and subscribe <laughs> and listen to it. Uh, hin hin. But wound up getting shot in the head and lived, and obviously changed his life for the better. And um, he tells his story, and it's absolutely moving. And uh, yeah, I mean, there are definitely from time to time, and and I don't know what like, there are people who you kind of feel like they're talking to you, but they're getting messages from somewhere else. You know, for me personally, like I, I kind of feel that, and and you know, like you, know, you kind of know when you're on the right path, and that's just like intuition and things like that. Like he is being guided Pulled. at this point by something that's bigger than all of us. I think I don't know. This may sound hokey. I believe in that type of thing, and that's exactly how I felt when I was listening to him. And I I loved it. It was a great story. He was a great guest. He was um, he wrote us a very nice um, you know message afterwards to uh, to let us know how much he appreciated coming on, which is you know just more Gregory Andrus. Like you know that's just more of his gratitude and, yeah it's just who he is exactly so um it was really really pretty special so uh you know he's the uh, author and photographer of portraits of the jersey shore and uh you know his instagram page is phenomenal I actually went back and there's a, a girl that i went to high school with was one of his subjects oh, wow. yeah really cool. cool yeah so uh and uh you know i've read her whole thing and it's her you know it's like he na- she nailed it she just t- spoke and and he you know, got what he got out of it and put it up there and it was pretty neat. So, um, I liked it. And people that I've listened to it have told me the same. So get on it, please listen to it. And what we want to remind you is that, you know, we're here to, 
you know, really be a platform for fitness, nutrition, wellness, and part of fitness and movement, really it all starts with your mind. So when you listen to Gregory Andrews, when you listen to some of our other guests, it isn't just about going out and working out in the gym. It's not just going out and eating all a certain food or a certain way. It's, you know, health is really that full circle. And if you're missing a part of it, you're missing a part of you. And Gregory Andrews said out there to say that you matter. And we, we do. And you know what? We deserve the best in life, which means we deserve to be happy. We deserve to eat well. We deserve to move. We deserve to be mentally healthy. And that was important. And, you know, really bringing him on and some other guests, we talk about mental health and that's really it. That's part of health. And today you are going to hear someone that is also really, you know, started in fitness, like a fitness rock star. Her neighbors, her name is Abby Apple and got her start, you know, when she was younger, kind of teaching aerobics classes. And really this is her journey to bring that bigger message of fitness and movement. She works with major companies, you know, has worked with, um, she talked about Equinox. She talked about working with TRX and Schwinn and Power Systems. Um, she's a creative director for some smaller cl- clubs right now. Um, has worked with Jim Miller, Robert Sherman, Petra Kolber, Lisa Wheeler. These are like heavy hitters. Heavy hitters. These are like the, literally the people who paved the way for the fitness industry. Um, for any programs that you see, I'm not just talking about on, you know, the home shopping network. No, I mean, anything commercials, this is like, yeah, pretty much anything that you might be doing right now. These, they, the, the people who have designed them have been influenced by these people in some way and maybe not all of them, but at least some are bits and pieces along the way. I mean, these are the, these are the, uh, the, you know, the, the trailblazers uh, in the industry. The pioneers. Yeah. The pioneers. It's and, amazing. And it's always funny that for you, it always, you know, it, it always comes back to your aerobics days, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, it, it was just a really great, great, you know, along the lines of, of some of our other guests. I know that she's friends with Irene McCormick and we bring nice. up Jonathan Ross and, uh, you know, just people like that in the industry. That, and and uh, so if you, if you were on board with those uh, podcasts, you're really going to like this one. She was fantastic coming at us from Boca Raton, Florida. And fun. Fun. We're going to get back to this, everyone. That F word, it should not be a negative anymore. The F word needs to turn into fun. And we also need to focus on relationships. Literally, that is what the world is about. I agree. Right? I agree. That's it. And with that said... Go get on it. Episode 47, Two Fit Crazies on a Microphone podcast. Enjoy. Peace. Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, how are you today? I'm really good. You're always really good. Always really good. No, you know, there's only one way to shine, you know. All right. And Brian, I walk in today to the studio and um, Brian's got his, 
His Lake Placid Ironman shirt. My Team Christine Lake Placid <laughs> Ironman shirt. So I did get him a shirt that says Coach Brian on the back because, you know, there's some people that, you know, have been kind of in my corner and we're 10 days out even though I'm like breathing into a paper I think kind of in your corner like totally yeah. explains my position yeah. with this. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to watch this thing happen. Oh I mean, I've helped you and, and, you know, and you've helped Mentally. me and geez, millions at this point, people watching your, your videos every day. Holy moly. I mean, it's really been something and I can't believe we're, you know, this journey is, I said the other day that, that this journey, I feel like I've already won and already, you know, done this because the journey has been unreal. That's, unreal. That's, that's the training though for these big events, right? That's like, if you make it to the starting, I only know marathons, right? Mm-hmm. And, or half marathons or whatever I'm training for at the time, but the 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 training is the life changing things you know and and then crossing the finish lines the life changing things but by the time you get to the event like you know the work's kind of done right they say the hay is in the barn <laughs> all the hay is in the barn and you know you you've now got you know just uh, there's nothing left to do but this iron man with that said <laughs> we're going to move on deep breaths because we have a fantastic rock star to introduce everyone to today. So listeners, crank up the volume because, oh my gosh, we are on episode, what episode? We are up to episode 47. 47. 47. We're bringing you in today. So I'm going to, I know, I know. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Who do we have with us today? Abby Apple. (gasps) Miss, actually not Miss, the Abby (laughs) Apple we have with us today. And for those of you who don't know her, Honestly, this is a, this is a treat. This is an amazing woman who has such influence, has been involved in so many programs. And I know, you know, you already heard it in the introduction that she is someone that has really revolutionized a lot of things in fitness. And, you know, if you ever go to a conference or you get a chance, it, Google her for real. We'll get our information out in a little bit, but <laughs> you will see such amazing things. And she's so cute and so pretty and so fit and has such a fun personality. Um, when I first started, you know, attending fitness conferences and conventions when I was younger and, and then started presenting and I get a chance. I know Abby, I've popped in in the back of your sessions. I'm very incognito. Like I'm very voyeuristic because I like to, um, to surround myself by people that are amazing. And, you know, you want to be with people who have, have, you know, really paved the way in, in some great programs and, and touch people in ways that you want to learn from. So I said, surround yourself with the best, right? So we're bringing you one of the best and Abby, where are you right now? Where are you located? I'm in Boca Raton, Florida. Oh, nice. Oh, beautiful. And now, where did you grow up? I, okay, I grew up in Indiana. So um, I was born in Gary, Indiana, and I grew up in Griffith, Indiana, and um, went to school in Decatur, Illinois. And then after school, I moved to Chicago, which is, um, if you know um, the relationship between Gary and Chicago, they're only like 30 miles away. So it's kind of northwest Indiana. And I moved into the city and lived there for about, I'm going to say seven years, six years. And then I moved to Florida. My husband and I moved to Florida. How did you get going in the fitness industry? Where did you get going in the fitness industry? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so hopefully it's not too long of a story. Um, We've got time, Abby. We've got time. (laughs) We've got plenty of time. So I was in college and, um, well, let me go back. Let me actually go back to high school. So in high school, I was like my first boyfriend. Um, his father was 
the athletic director of our school. And so he had access to the gym all the time and he was a wrestler. And so he would take me to the gym with him and I would be the person that would like literally pick up those 45 pound plates and put them on um, the barbell for him. I was like the slave. So I would do that. And that was probably what I mean, I was 15 years old. And then, um, you know, he, he helped me just, he kind of taught me just a little bit about just some weight training principles and okay, this is, this is going to, hopefully this doesn't sound too bad, but, um, (laughs) I was always in good shape. So that's first, um, just, I had a nice physique and I went to college and after the first year in college, I started to gain weight, which is, you know, the whole freshman 15 and that kind of forced me to really start exercising a little bit. I remember I gained 15 pounds. I didn't feel good. I didn't feel good physically, not, you know, just um, aesthetically or even on the inside. And um, all we had was basically, you know, a weight training center. There was nothing like they have today um, in the fitness industry. So, or nothing in colleges. So we had a little fitness center and I mean, our aerobic, we called aerobics back then, our aerobics room had a television where we would pop in the Jane Fonda DVDs, or they weren't even DVDs. Oh my gosh, they were VHS. VHS tapes, of course. They were VHS tapes. We would pop in the VHS tapes, and we would do, um, you know, the, the workouts with Jane Fonda, and I don't remember who else was there, but, um, but that was it. That was like the beginning. That's how I started working out, and then um, I was I was a music performance major. That's another story. But I I went home. And I needed money. I needed to make money because um, our choir would travel like the East Coast. We would travel all over and needed money. And so there was a little women's only fitness center that opened up across the street from my house. Now, I say that's important because I didn't have a driver's license until I was 28. Not kidding. Wow. Wow. Twenty-eight. I moved into the city and I was a year ahead in school. So I started college when I was um, I think I just turned 17. Wow. So never had, I know, never had my license. Um, but anyway, um, this, I went across the street and I told the girl that I want, the girl who owned the club that I wanted to be a trainer. I mean, I didn't even know what that meant because I had been lifting weights and I thought I knew everything. So, so I wanted to be a trainer and she said, we don't need any trainers. We need people to teach aerobics. And I said, well, I can't teach aerobics. And she said, of course, I will teach you how. And that was really the beginning she, she, it was really the way that we should be teaching instructors today, but she mentored me for a year and, you know, broke the class down into little pieces and let me teach little chunks of the workout. I was so nervous. Um, but the chunks never ended up being more than 10 minutes. And, um, when I went back to college, I had a little extra money. Yay. Um, but then I started teaching classes in college and I must've been like a sophomore I was teaching college. I was teaching like fitness classes before there were really even fitness classes um, at my school. So that was it. That was the beginning. I love the I love, um, the whole aerobics yeah. thing, Abby, because I right. am like the end of the dinosaurs. I call us the dinosaurs, where we did actually teach aerobics. Like it, I yes. have been on schedules as aerobics, like step, touch, grapevine, chasse, that, you know, right. and that's really, right. that's what it was. There was no, right. all of these fitness companies and, you know, specifications. And we did a lot of dangerous things back then. Yes. I'm not going to lie. You know, how much weight could you hold while you're on a step stepping as <laughs> fast as you can? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now a lot of us, a lot of people that come on the podcast and 
Brian and I pretty much have gotten to a point where we're like, you know, I always feel like we're kind of like the island of misfit toys sometimes (laughs) because, you know, all of us have these stories and not everyone started out as fit and as nutritious and, and on these like, or or holding the plates for the boyfriend in the weight room. Oh my gosh. Right. I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you were doing that guy knew how to, he knew how to party. But yeah, yeah you right. were doing, Hold my weight. Oh my jeez. I was we gonna were living s- it up. <laughs> but you were doing squats and deadlifts, literally. I would have been like, Thank you, boyfriend. Now I'm, you know, much stronger. Um but we always say, like, a lot of us, and Brian and myself included, this isn't our first career, um, fitness and wellness. I mean, we're recovering bankers, uh, recovering teachers, and now Brian's on his second career, I'm on my third. And it's, you know, it's that evolution of following your calling or or going forward. And, you know, it's always, you know, you got to kiss a lot of frogs before you meet the Prince Charming. It's like you got to try things before, you know, you end up because it's not like, hey, I want to make a million dollars. I'm going to be an aerobics instructor. (laughs) Exactly. So how did so how did you make this a full time thing? Because really, you know, many people just do it as a hobby or they try and they fail. I mean, you've, and I'm going to say this, you've made it, you have a name, you have companies, you have backings, people, you know, support you. What is, how did you get to that point? Um, well, you know, it's funny cause people think, you know, you know, that it, it didn't happen overnight. It takes time, um, to create, I guess, you know, your, that success. So, Again, I, I ended up moving into the city. So I was teaching some classes um, at school. And when I was done, I moved back home. I eventually moved to the city. And I really thought there was no way that I would be able to survive um, teaching aerobics, teaching classes. Because, you know, there's, there, you just don't make a lot of money. Um, and I have to be honest with you, my husband was so instrumental in allowing me to just, you know, really make no money in the beginning. So when I left college, cause I was a music major, I left college. I knew like I had a couple choices. I could go on immediately and get my master's cause it's performance. And I, and I studied opera. So that would be one choice, go on and get my master's. But I really was not the happiest in school. In fact, my last year I decided to get, um, to get, take a course in physiology and in kinesiology. Cause I was so interested in fitness. Um, but when I, when I left, I really didn't think I could make money. So, you know, I took you know, jobs as like, I was like legal secretary, um, retail waitressing, things like that. And I, you know, I wasn't happy doing it. And I decided just to try it again to teach a class in, um, in the city. And I did, and it was so, I was so scared and, um, it worked. I mean, I just kept kind of plugging away at it. I, what I, you know, I think this is, I think this is super important. This part of it, everyone's afraid to try something new or to take a step in another direction or to do something that's just different. And I'm, I, again, I'm, I feel the same way. I'm always afraid to do something new, but it doesn't stop me from trying it. It doesn't stop me from doing it. So I get past the fear. I work with the fear. Um, and, and I do it. So I'm like, if you don't, you know, it's one of those things you won't know until you try. So I tried it. And then I picked up a class at one club and I picked up another class at another club. And then honestly, I picked up a class at East Bank Club in Chicago, which I don't know if you know about East Bank Club, but East Bank Club is probably one of the largest clubs in the world. It's 450,000 square feet. (laughs) And it's not even, they don't call it a health club. I think it's called an indoor country club. Um, The members there, let's just say they're a little discerning. (laughs) 
um, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. So they are, they are there. I wouldn't say they're the meanest, but they definitely are, um, the most critical members I've ever worked with. And the first class I taught there, of course, they made me cry, (laughs) but I went back and they taught me lots of different formats, taught me how to be a better instructor. And, um, that was it. I mean, that was it for Chicago. I taught at lots of different clubs in the city, lots of different formats. Um, I kept learning. I learned how to be a better teacher. I learned from other instructors. I think, oh, I think you guys had mentioned this early in the intro, but like to find mentors and to find people that you look up to who are better than you, that that's everything. That's everything. That's, I mean, that's going to help you so much and to take feedback. And again, you might go home and cry after you get some bad evaluations or somebody makes you cry or says something to you that is really hurtful, but then you stop, take a deep breath and then you, you grow from that. And that's what I did. And so eventually, um, eventually 1997, we moved to Florida. My husband wanted to move for the weather and let's just say I cried for a couple of years. (laughs) Oh no, I did. I was like every afternoon, I'm like, what am I doing here? Cause it's different cause Chicago's Midwest and Uh, Southeast Florida is very Northeast. It's very New York, Boston, and we're Midwest. I mean, I'm from Indiana. So we're a little passive aggressive (laughs) (laughs) in our criticism. Um, New York is kind of in your face. They tell you how you feel, how they feel. That's it. We call that, we call it the sixth borough. Yeah. (laughs) The sixth borough. I love it. Exactly. Florida is a sixth borough. So, um, I can elaborate even more when I moved down to Florida because that was just that was just the beginning. I mean, that was just the start of me learning how to teach classes the right way. Um, but when I came down here, I wanted more. I definitely wanted more. Uh, I wanted more than just to teach classes. And um, I started competing in fitness competitions when I moved down here. Now, again, that means, you know, the dancing around, wearing the bikini, posing, um, lifting weights to make sure you're really ripped and all that tanning stuff. And I actually, um, won my pro card in 2000, which is huge. Like, like, a like a really big award, like to win your pro card. Like it's, it's huge. It really is. So you have to go to Las Vegas and you compete with all these other girls. And that was just one other, that's one little step. So that kind of gave me a little bit of confidence, um, to go a little bit further, but I met some really great people down here as I was, you know, doing the fitness competitions and then also still teaching classes and lifting weights. I started creating some interesting programs um, that for group fitness that no one else was really doing at that point. And I really wanted um, to do some fitness education and some presenting. I'd been to ECA, which is East Coast Alliance. I'm not sure if you are familiar with it, but that was in New York City. Um, a huge staple in the fitness industry for fitness education. And I really wanted to present there, but there was no way they would ever let me present there because they just didn't know me. So I met um, this guy down here. His name was Bob Asquery. Now, Bob Asquery helped me compete. He helped to get me in better shape to compete. So he looked at my body and looked at my symmetry and told me kind of what was off and what was missing and um just just helped to get me stronger, more stable. And I learned so much from him um, just about kinesiology, physiology, and how the body works and biomechanics. And I took him through a program that I created. And this is kind of the beginning. This program, um, I called it Unlocked and Unloaded versus Locked and Loaded. 
and it used a little tiny, those inflatable balls that we, everybody uses for Pilates today. So it uses one of the inflatable balls. So that was the unloaded part, no weight. And then I had everybody move in all three planes of motion. Now I know that sounds like, okay, I developed programming in all three planes of motion. We do, everybody does this today. We did not do that in 2000 and 2002. So what I was doing back then was something that was really unique, something different. Um, so I showed him the program and what he did is he suggested, um, that Reebok University, who, um, whose education director was Lisa Wheeler, he suggested to Lisa Wheeler that they bring me on as a Reebok University a master trainer. And I went to Reebok University in Boston for 10 days. And in the end, um, they hired me. <laughs> nice. So, so yeah, that's how that, that worked that. for you. Okay. All right. <laughs> that helped. That helped. But it, it was, it was just the beginning. I mean, Lisa Wheeler was like another one. She's, yeah. I'm not sure if you know who she is, but mm-hmm. she's now the, um, um, education director, creative director for, um, an online fitness company. And I can't remember. Oh, Daily Burn. Huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Anyway, yeah. So I was the last trainer. They one of the last trainers they ever hired. I got to work with Robert Sherman, Jen Miller, Petra Kolber. Um, you talk about mentors. These are mentors. These oh. are the best. Oh, they're. So. I mean, they really paved the way for the rest of us. They did. You know, yes. to come in I, and as opposed to aerobics being kind of, you know, poo pooed on. All of a sudden, right. now it's. Well, wow, this really has exercise science behind it. Those, you know, right. the real, the movers and the shakers. And I wish they were still around presenting that, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, kind of sad more- that, you know, um, but yeah, they've, they've kind of reinvented themselves, um, in so many ways. I mean, Petra is, you know, now doing, she's still presenting, but it's in a different capacity and, um, just they're making the world a better place. Let's just put it that way. So the the evolution of of your program from unlocked and unloaded, how how far did you, were you able to take that? Is that something that you built up off of off of from there? Um, how yeah long, yeah was that how long did you stay with that? So it was I mean it was just kind of um it was one program that you know ninety minutes and I was teaching instructors basically the three planes of motion at that point and then showing them how to create programming around it. I taught it at ECA um, and I must be back in like I'm going to say nine. Is it 19? No, 2005, 19. I know I'm like 2005 or something like that. 2006, somewhere in that area, but no one would let me present even that program. What happened was Lisa Wheeler. I kept, you know, I started whining and complaining. That's the only way you get things done around here is whining and complaining. Um, but I was whining and complaining to her and she said, just give me the program and I'll submit it for both of us. And she submitted it. Of course it got accepted because she knows ECA very well living in New York and the program was extremely, I mean, so successful. They didn't even have balls, by the way. What I did is I went to Walmart and I bought a, like a hundred of the inflatable balls that they have like for, you know, like pool parties. Yeah. So I brought all the balls up. I inflated all the balls on my own. And the program was really was successful. Then what I did is I submitted it to um, IDEA the same year. And it got accepted the following year, just that one program. And that got me in the door. Wow. So, Walmart. I know, right? Walmart, that was, huh? I know. I'm like, no. So this, since then, I've created lots of different programs. But what I'm always looking for is like I'm looking for um, what the need is in the market, like what instructors need at this point. I mean, every, you know, it, it evolves every year. 
So I'm always looking to see what they need um, and then also what they need based on what the public needs. So what's really popular out there and how do we help instructors to teach those programs and to make it, you know, more effective and safer. Um, and I hate to say this, but then some instructors who don't have all the education that maybe they need to be better. Does that kind of make Absolutely. sense? Oh, it makes, makes sense. great sense. And you're not the first person to, to bring that up as, you know, right. on, with us. So the question is, and I know that I'm just fascinated by, you know, everyone that's really in the, uh, you know, the forefront of the fitness industry right now, things have changed over the yeah. years. You know this, you've seen this, I've seen this. What do you think the public needs? As you just said that, what, what is your number one or maybe number two? I don't know of what, what well, do they need? Here, here's the interesting thing. I mean, it's funny. I, people that are really fit, they want lots of hit. They want lots of hit programming. They want, you know, they want harder, 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 harder. And I love that. I miss, I love, um, you know, high intensity interval training programming. I love developing that and, and better ways to get people to do that because I know they just think harder, more faster is better. Not necessarily because recovery is really important as well. And I think that just the amount of time that people need to recover within the workout is important. But I come from a family that is morbidly obese, morbidly, everybody. Um, and that was not the reason that I started, you know, working out but that, but I knew that I've got this potential in my family. Um, I think we're all missing that little signal in our brain that tells us when we're full, the whole family is. Um, but my father died at, um, 65, 66. Um, he was, you know, 300 some pounds when he died. And I think at his heaviest, he was up to 400. And I have, and, you know, and I have some other family members who definitely are not fit and obese and they need to move more. Really what it comes down to is eating less and moving more. And, um, and I think it also takes, it takes knowledge to understand what that actually means. Like I'll give you one example my father said to me one day, cause he doesn't, he didn't understand nutrition, even though he'd been to dietitians, he's diabetic. He was doing, you know, aerobic classes when he weighed 300 pounds, which was important. It was good. But he said to me, I talked to him on the phone. He said that he went out for dinner one night and they went to a pizza place. And instead of having pizza, he was so proud of himself, by the way, instead of having pizza, he had a hamburger. Oh. And I was like, I was like, you know, I didn't know at that point even what to say. And I'm like, great job, dad. But do you know, a hamburger is probably not that healthy for you. Um, I don't know which is worse, the hamburger or the pizza. I think they're about the same. But he really didn't understand um, nutrition and how important it is and how important the movement was. And I think um, with regards to the public, I think there is, again, that huge dichotomy between people who are really fit who are just trying to fine tune and get better and get leaner. Um, and they're always spoke. And that's the, you know, the, the 5% of the population in the United States. And then the rest of the people that really don't understand what fit is, don't understand what nutrition is. They're following fads to lose weight. I mean, nothing is moderation and eating a well-balanced diet. So I think the public really needs um, to, to understand moderation and Again, we, I was reading some, something um, a couple days ago about how many more calories that we ingest today than we did 10 years ago and we did 20 years ago. And it's, I mean, no doubt there's no, re, there's every, you can see why it's like, I think women eat an extra 
500 calories a day, more than they need. So you can see why 65% of Americans are either overweight or obese. So what that means to me is that we need to come up with exercise and exercise programs uh, that are not necessarily easier to do, but make exercise a little bit more enjoyable, a little bit more fun, because again, most people don't like to exercise. Most people don't like to eat well. So how can we, how can we, how can we help people to understand what fit is and how do we get them there? So I think that's really what we need right now. It's a podcast. Yeah, no, I, I and and I I agree, and and again, you're not the first person to come on and say that, you know, and that that's my wheelhouse, really. I have a couple programs where I work with men that are out of health, and we work them back into good health, and and my rule right. is my rule is we're going to stay in kindergarten for a long time, and we teach yeah. we teach basics, and we you know we look at just eating well is my is my rule, eat well. Well, what does that mean? Is so well, we figure right. it out. We work on on eating better, making better choices. And, 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 and then, like you said, we have to make exercise more inviting, uh, and, and more, you know, the fear and, and I see this in the men, I, you know, I, I do work with, with a lot of women as well, but, but mostly, you know, with the men, I see the fear and I see the, you know, that, that macho thing where, you know, where they, they do get the hamburger and they, they need that, you know, kind of justification of being a man and what that means. And my job is to tell them that that's all entirely bullshit and it's made up and it's not even real. And we need to work in the opposite direction. And, you know, you only, you know, we have to treat yourself better. And, um, right. you know, once they get it, it's amazing. I love it. I just got one, uh, two days ago is the feed on the scale, the digital numbers on the scale. And we're seeing numbers that they hadn't seen like since high school. And I hate wow. to make, you know, I hate to make it about the scale and I hate to do all those things. Um, for the men more than anything, I really see that it's, um, the scale is a game for them and they like to play the game. And right. with the women, I, you know, with, with a lot of women, some, you know, most women that I work with, I try not to do that because they take the game and it get becomes a dangerous game. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, honestly, in all honesty, I don't even mean to, you know, make a joke about it, but they, yeah. they, the men will get into that and be like, two down. Let's go. You know, like we, we cut the deficit, you know, like we, you know, like they, they really treat it like they're, you know, making a comeback and, and it's funny, but, and I agree with you and we do things, we play games. I don't just like destroy them in workouts and make them hate it. You know, we ease them along. We kind of get into it. And I think that that is a, there's a void with that. Just like you said, some trainers, we have the fittest of the fit that are saying, this is what I do. And you can do, you should do this, which is not the way. And then, you know, we kind of have to have something in the middle, a middle ground, you know, where it's inviting to people. They're actually getting work done. They're seeing things in a different way. They're open to change and they're taking deep breaths, you know, more than anything. And Abby, you said the F word. Do you know? Uh Oh, we all got to have the F word. And, you know, it's not a bad word. It's the fun word that you said. The fun. The fun. Oh, fun. I was it. like, oh my gosh, yeah. the fun word. Yeah, like, which you, one? I, was, I use I a lot of F words. But, there are, we, yeah, um, it happens. But fun, it, over and over again. It, you know, like you said, people are not going to gravitate to something if it's not fun. And even if, right. you know, not every second of ex- exercise, I mean, we're, you know, we're working things into your life. Not every second is going to be sunshine and rainbows. But, you know, as even as a presenter, as a coach, as a trainer, as 
you could be a mom or a sister or, you know, just a friend trying to go out for a walk and make it fun by talking or cracking jokes or anything. And I mean, we're, you know, kind of friendly. Again, um, Jonathan Ross was on with his damn chickens, <laughs> right? I was going to bring him up. I can't believe right? you said that. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I ordered them. I have the, I, I, I received chickens last week and I, and I have a kids program and the men's program. I'm going to use them for both. I love it. Yeah. I told Jonathan Ross he needs to, to name his chickens, though. I, I, I requested a Christine chicken, you know, to throw it around. And you get mad at it, you can just throw it against the wall. It's fine. But it, I, I just think that whole fun dynamic is amazing. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask that I think is interesting is that what you were saying about your family. And I yeah. think um, a lot of people out there, we have families and we tend – we have families. But we tend to <laughs> definitely – in the fitness world sometimes i think it's it's mind blowing to me almost that you know for you like you're saying you're in the industry you're you're someone who is a you know bright light you're promoting people you're helping people change for the better right both physically and mentally yet you've got a family who's like yeah that's great right or does that is that frustrating as anything cuz i know for me it's it's frustrating because i don't know if people think oh well it's just it's it's Christine. It's not Christine as fitness trainer or presenter. Or when you become the eccentric yeah. one for being so fit and healthy. Is it? Do you find yeah. that with your? I mean, is that frustrating for you with your family and or friends or anything along those lines? What the way? What well, the way that my family looks at me, or if, or, or the, the way that because I I have there's two things because okay. I think my dad my dad's really funny because I I've always just been aware of my potential. I say that you know that that I definitely can eat. I can gain weight really easily. Um, and I'm always on top of it. But my, I remember my, my dad said to me once, he's like, I think you have an eating disorder. I was like, dad, <laughs> I was like, what? I don't think I've ever been like under 120 pounds in my entire life. So, and I'm five, six. So I maybe 117 at some point in the past, like 10 years, I'm like, trust me, dad, I have no eating disorder. Um, but honestly, somebody that is that big does have an eating disorder. It's the other way. Right. So he does, it's just a warped a warped view. So, um, I think a lot of people, because I am fit and I do, um, stay on top of it. They think that this is easy and they think this is natural and that they think that this is the way that I am. And I'm like, just, you know, that I'm just born, you know, with a good physique or a good shape. And I'm like, that is not the case. There's, this takes a lot of hard work. And then I still have fun. Like it's still moderation. I'm not crazy about my diet. Um, I mean, unless I'm competing, but for the most part, I'm, I'm I still drink a little bit. You know, I have a drink every other night or so. Um, I eat. You know, the only thing I don't eat or I don't eat sugar anymore. I got rid of sugar because I have gut issues. So it was more than just about a weight. I stopped eating refined sugar except for alcohol. <laughs> That's a must. Um, at least for me, it is. But I stopped eating refined sugar like maybe a year and about three months ago. A year and three months. I have not had a cookie in a year and three months. Okay. Oh my gosh. Right. Like, it's slow clap. Silent now. Yeah. Slow clap. I'm not clapping for that. I'm not clapping for that. <laughs> oh. No. I'm sorry. I, actually, I, I have stomach problems. Yeah, that's so, okay. Gut issues, meaning, you know, like indigestion and all that. I'm like, no, not fun anymore. So I stopped doing that and um, it's helped. But that was the reason I did that. Not because I was trying to lose weight. Yes. Yeah, to feel See, better. That makes sense, though. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, it's just like, it's just like anything. I mean, if it, if, you know, something made you react in a certain way that was exposing on your skin, you know, you would say, oh, I can't eat that anymore. If something makes it internally, right. you say, I can't eat that anymore. 
mm-hmm. you know, so uh, it's it's uh, it's different. So I have a bite of a cookie. Okay. <laughs> I'm just wondering if I would actually die if I gave up cookies. Yeah, you won't die. It's one of those. You're gonna live. It's one of those things where I'm just not really ready to do that well. yet. You know, it's just not ready. When I'll let you know when I'm ready, but it's just not right now. You might not but. need to do it ever. I really didn't need to like stop. I love. That's my Achilles heel. Sweets. Love sweets. Yeah. Oh, I really try. I really do. It's like one of those things where you're like. Oh, and you try and hit your own hand and it doesn't work. But. I, I no. go through I go through phases. Like so, I'm I'm like you, Abby. Like if I have a race or something that I'm really training for coming up, I'll tighten up really really well. And right. uh, you know, and and the sweets definitely have to go um, because yeah. for me for me, if there's one, there's a hundred. You know, and yep. and it's like uh, you know, if I have something the one day a couple of weeks ago it was a birthday, one of my kids' birthday, I had the cake. Next day, yeah. I was like, "Is there any more of that cake anywhere left in this house?" <laughs> it's like crack. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that cake? And that's you know, again, that's actually one of the things that I when I talk to people about uh, nutrition is just pay attention, make observations. You know, do things yes. like that happen to you? Because um, I know, and I'll you know, I'll relate it back to just something like I just said. I know that if I have a, co- a piece of cake or a cookie or something like that, I'm going to want it the next day. How does that work for you? You know, what is it like coming off of it? What do you observe? What do you usually eat? You know, all those things that just to get people to think about it. I think one of the main issues that I see is that people just mindless eating and just, you know, the, the people right. getting food delivered to their table from a waitress or, you know, eating out a lot is one that, that, that we try to curb. Um, and, and it's just like over and over and over and over again, just mindless eating, just shoving stuff in your mouth. And, uh, you know, and, and once we kind of get off that cart and say, all right, go to the store, buy something, make something, then it can right. kind of change the direction of things. I people like, have success with that. I like what you said, Abby, too, about, and I think this is important for our listeners, that that article that you read about the amount of calories now that we're gaining or yeah. that we're having that oh, we yeah. didn't have before. Oh, yeah. Not only are we ingesting more calories? I mean, some of our food is a lot, let's be honest, it's, it's like shit. Okay. A lot of the stuff yeah. is there's all these ingredients and we're, you know, going out and it's not fresh anymore or it's so much easier to, to pick something up. And what is it? Is it that our lives are crowded with, you know, social media and, you know, we're getting busier and busier so that we're more sedentary. So now we're not taking the time to go out and make you know, good choices with our food, then we're spending more time sitting, we're, you know, snacking and not realizing it. I mean, I think things just kind of like compound. And then, like you said, we're not moving as much either for the most part. Right. Um, you know, I was, I was a teacher in the, you know, in the classroom, it was my second career for 15 years. And, you know, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, I saw that trend when the cell phones came out, when, you know, now when text messaging comes out, now are all the smartphones. Some people say, oh, kids are kids. It hasn't changed. No, it has changed. It is totally different than it was 10 years ago, you know, teaching, like when I left teaching, totally different. Um, You know, someone could sit there and not talk to anyone for an hour, not get up, not move. That wasn't the way it was. Kids can walk down the hallway and no one has any interaction. Their earbuds are in, they're looking down. I mean, that's, they're only walking for the day. You still got your athletes. You still got people that move, but it's those other people. Like you said, there's the people that, what, the 5% that are like, yeah, let's go to the hit. Let's kill ourselves. But that's not the other 95%. And guess what? The other 95% is pretty damn important. No, huge. 
but it's an opportunity for us. It's an opportunity for us as trainers. I mean, if you want to look at it as a financial opportunity, it is, but it's just an opportunity also. And I know it always sounds corny, but to change lives, to change, um, you know, change the way that people feel about themselves. And when you change the way that people feel about themselves, you know, how they are, how they feel in their own skin, they, they, it changes how they interact with other people. And I mean, again, it sounds corny, but it makes the world a better place. I don't think that's corny at all. I think that that's exactly what we're striving for here with our show and what I, you know, and, and why we are talking to you right now. Um, you are. And, you know, that's our goal. It's, uh, it's, and it's tons of fun doing it, you know, right? I wouldn't do it if it, it was, is. if it was a drag. Absolutely. So what, um, what do you, what's next on your agenda? So, you are teaching a lot of different programs now. Your hands are in a million different pots. I always see your name come up on a million different things. So, what what are you what are you most excited about right now? Like, what's going on on the agenda? Um, well, I'm still doing it as you mentioned. I'm still doing the work with you know the companies like TRX and Schwinn, um, and there's a few other companies out there like Power Systems and a few other ones that are that may be coming up um, in the future. But recently, um, if you, I'm not sure if you knew this, I was a group fitness manager at Equinox in, um, in South Beach for years. Mm-hmm. And I left that job and took over another job as um, the creative director for um, this brand new club. And what happened in the end is that they ended up selling their, the club after just a few weeks of being open. That's a whole different story. Wow. But they brought me on as their creative director to develop all of their programming and, you know, to mentor their instructors and um, create just a whole, just different, different facility. And they sold it. And so I'm still there. I'm still teaching some classes in this new facility, but I'm working with a a few other smaller clubs to do the same thing. So as a program director, so I'm working with another club just in my area, they've got five little, five little clubs. And what I'm doing is, is I'm helping them to freshen up their programming and train their instructors to make sure that, you know, they can appeal to a changing market. So I'm doing that with them and I'm looking at a few other clubs that I'm going to help as well. So whether they're large or small, um, the thing that I'm most excited about right now is developing and then delivering this new programming and helping instructors to also deliver this programming. Um, so, you know, they can help their clubs be successful. You you had mentioned and you just brought that up and, I, and it's something that I wanted to go back and look and it's something that I kind of have an opinion on so I want to hear what, what you have to say about it. What do you yeah. think is needed as more is needed as far as training trainers and, and you know my opinion continuing it and and yeah. keeping it going and really making them more personable. Um, you know, we're in an age now where people, like Christine just said, they don't really look you in the eye and have that, you know, uh, own a room type of personality maybe anymore. What do you think is needed? What do you think could be done? What do you, what are you training people to do? And how much of it goes back to that one year internship that you did with your aerobics instructor back in Chicago, uh, way back when? Right. Well, and believe it or not, I don't think she, I don't, at least doesn't in my memory, I don't remember her teaching me that. Um, I think me being a performer has always helped me to connect with people. But that, that, that one thing right there is missing. Um, I've seen really good instructors and I mean, technically great instructors. And I can even include myself as one of those who didn't connect with people very well. And so my classes really, you know, didn't have a lot of people in them. As soon as I started 
to connect with the members. Again, that's when the people started coming to my class. It's really creating relationships. And that's one thing that my friend Bob, Bob Esquery, one of my mentors, you know, taught me that it's really about creating relationships. And I've seen some of the worst instructors, technically the worst instructors, who have the most crowded classes. We've seen this because they connect with the members. They come in early. They talk to the members. They stay late. They talk to the members. Um, They create a need for the members to come back. Um, They create relationships not only with themselves and the members, but with the members and the other members. And that's what really, that's what some of the boutique clubs are doing a great job of right now is um, creating relationships all over in, in, inside the club. So I think, um, you know, as the millennials um, start to um, grow up and start to, you know, get into the professional world or just to start to work in the clubs with us, I think because we were just talking about how a lot of people are on their cell phones and they're not, you know, they they can go the entire day without talking to somebody, at least talking to them physically. And I think helping them to reconnect with people and create these personal relationships is going to go a long way. Um, that's one, but also technical skills. I mean, that's we still need that as well. So we have to work on everything. Um, I have found that I can... I can hire an instructor, which I, you know, auditioned lots of instructors. Um, and I'd rather hire an instructor who has got this huge personality, not a diva personality, but a huge personality, fun personality. You can train them, um, the technical skills. You can, you can train them to be better instructors. It's the other way around. That's a little bit of a challenge. You can have instructors or trainers who have really good technical skills, but you can't teach personality. That's a real challenge. So um, at least we can help them to connect better with people um, and even being able to empathize a little bit because most of the people that I know getting into the fitness industry do it because they're already fit. So being able to empathize with people who aren't as fit, that is, that's, that's huge to me. I love it. I love the fact that you go back to this and this is what it's all about. Brian and I, you know, started out and, you know, we, we decided to create this podcast because we felt that people needed to hear a little bit more. They needed to hear some direction. Like you said, how do we solve problems? That That's what it comes down to. We needed a platform to get information out to the public of what is out there, what is important, what's important to look for if you're looking for a trainer, if you're looking to get more healthy, more fit. And one of the things that's so super important is that life is really about relationships. It's about, you know, making connections, human connections, belly to belly connections with people. Again, we've been going back to this. This is a couple weeks. Um, we've been talking about this. You may forget what someone says, but you will not forget how they made you feel. And whether you're in the fitness industry or whether you're in any sort of business, it's about how someone makes you feel. And I know Abby, you do a great job at this when you present, when you go out there and you're in a room, you make people feel as if you are talking directly to them. And that I think is what makes you, you know, kind of stand out. But any, any instructor, any teacher, any person out there that you have this ability to light up a room, you have the ability to make people feel a certain way, even if they're not at a certain fitness level yet, they may feel that they can trust you. And I think that's so important, even for our listeners, when you're looking for a trainer, when you're looking for someone that's you know going to make you more fit, more healthy, give you some nutritional advice, are you comfortable with that person? Do they empath? Em- empath- 
I can't even speak today. <laughs> Empathize with you. Yeah. You know, oh, look, kitty. I'm sorry. We're looking you at your picture. <laughs> She's, Abby is, is, uh, we could see her face. So, it, so a cat just walked across. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's an animal attacking you. Look back. Look back. Oh my goodness. Hysterical. Um, oh, I love it. So, um, but I think that's, that's really important that you just mentioned because yeah. that is, I think what is missing from a lot of people's lives right now. Um, that, that ability to connect, to have the relationship, to have someone there, to mentor you, to have someone to listen to. And I think that is something that I want our listeners to realize that the people that, you know, are really out there to help you are going to be there. They're going to make that extra effort. They are going to be certified number one. Um, you know, and that is important, but again, I, I don't know how you feel about that, Brian, but that's just, no, I mean, I, I really feel that, that it's, that it's a twofold, just, you know, it's not either one or the other either. I mean, like, like you just said, Abby, right. we have to have sound professional trainers, you know, teaching proper technique, uh, and right. then, you know, also have the ability to, you, you know, to, to connect to people and have them know that they understand and that the people that, that are walking in matter and that their results are matter and that you're kind of all in it together. Um, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think that the, uh, the boutique style of, of fitness, you know, gyms and the, and the clubs are really helpful in that they become, you know, little tribes or families and, and everyone's pulling for each other and it kind of makes it easier. And you also, you know, it's just, just, for, just for the sake of showing up and being consistent with it, you know, you want to go there and hang out with the, with, with your friends, uh, in a sense. And, I think that that's that's something that I really see um, going on in the industry. I think that health coaching, in addition to uh, training, is you know very important. I know that it's changed the way that I do things on my end, Um, and and I just think that uh, you know I I think that more than anything, I think that the that the continuing ed could use a boost. Um, whether it's requirements, uh, maybe, you know, it weeds people out that aren't up for the challenge of continuing, continuing it, continue us, continuing it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and really making it so that I know I do it when I look at a continuing ed and I need to do something here, I'm going to pick something that I'm interested in, right? I'm going to pick something that maybe I already know about because it's, I'm going to, it's kind of easier Easy, that way. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I'm going to do it and, and, you know, yes, I do some things that, that I'll get, um, you know, some along the way, but maybe like make people go out of their comfort zone so that they learn something new and it opens their eyes and maybe that, you know, I don't know. It's just kind of, you can't force anybody I'd to do like anything. I'd like to see you take some dance fitness, Brian. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> nice. Maybe, maybe some. Something with the hip well, movement. Yeah, later. no, yeah. we had Bali X. I'll do some Bali X. I, you know, we had Shahil on. Uh, you know, we had, uh, you know, a few of these guests on. I would love to do some of that. I'm not a bad dancer. <laughs> um, but you know, I think that 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 it it's kind of you know if, if we keep learning the same things over again as trainers, people remain stagnant. They don't really open their their eyes or or ways to new ideas. And I think that the, some of those things will just make everybody more well-rounded, right? Yep. Absolutely. Great. So what do you, what are you most looking forward to this year, Abby, aside from your, uh, um, your creative uh, director, you're managing the clubs, anything else big coming up in your world? Let's go. 
Yeah, we're, we're right in the middle of it. I mean, it's funny that you'd ask because I always consider like July and August our conference marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, ideas over, which is always like a huge highlight, but we have CanFit Pro coming up, which is in Toronto, and we've got um, Dallas Mania, Atlanta Mania. All these conferences are coming up, and um, I'm always excited about this month. Like it's, we feel it's also because we, you know, when we're developing education, we, it's at this point, the middle of the year, we feel really comfortable about it and we deliver it with such enthusiasm and such knowledge now that it's, you're in your comfort zone, you feel really good about it. And so it's always kind of, I wouldn't say relaxing, but always an exciting, exciting month. And you got all your friends now. I always feel like now that, you know, once you get in with, you know, all the fitness presenters and whatnot, it's almost like... I, I don't know. I look forward to going to a lot of the conferences because, you know, it's like now all the presenters are kind of friends and you hang out and you get to not only work, but it's fun. You know, you're educating well, people. People are excited to be there. You got all your friends. It's, you know, you're like, wait, well, does this work? I can't believe you didn't say that because I was, um, I was talking to my friend Irene who, um, her husband, this is, you know, it's just a quick little thing. Her husband's a, um, an official at the Indianapolis 500. And I said, let's go. You and I should go together. We'll have fun. We'll make it a girl's weekend. And I told my husband this, that we were going to make it a girl's weekend for next year, which is a Memorial Day weekend mm-hmm. at the Indy 500. And he said, he goes, what are you talking about girls weekend? He goes, every time you go out of town <laughs> for one of your conferences, it's a girl's weekend. Uh, but that's He's work, right? right? I see all my friends. It's so exciting. <laughs> that yeah, is kind of true. Great. That's really funny. So true. That's like my wife explains to me, like, you know, when I go to run Boston or I go to run the marathon that's kind of far away, she'll be like, well, you got to go to Boston. I said, I want to go run a marathon. And I train my ass off for that. For You know, do you know that's the only time I go away? Yeah, no, pretty much. I haven't been on vacation in in like many, 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 (laughs) many years. So you go and run Boston this weekend and then I'm going to go meet my girls, uh, you know, the next weekend, you know, because you got to, you know, it's like a tick for tat. But. It's okay. I said, how long did you, did you have to qualify to go um, out with your girls that did weekend? Did you train for five Did you train for that? To I'm go kidding. Out with your- <laughs> She's an angel. She could do whatever she wants. Uh, smart. <laughs> smart man. I love it. So, Abby, where can everyone find you, find information about your programs and classes and everything you do? Tell us. Well, I do a lot of the programming with SCW, so they can go to SCWFit.com. Um, I created their Pilates and their ballet bar certification, so you have that. Um, I'll also be presenting there doing lots of Schwinn cycling education. Um, you can also go to my website, which is my name, A-B-B-I-E-A-P-P-E-L.com. And then, of course, you can always see me posting, you know, <laughs> ab pictures ab selfies on Instagram. So I'm always on Instagram and I'm promoting, um, anything that I'm doing, any certification, any workshop. So it's my Instagram handle is just my name again, A B B I E A P P E L. And you can find me there. I post videos there too, little, little, um, exercise clips now. So you probably can get some good ideas on, on how to spruce up your workouts. That's with those clips. I love the free. You know, I love that you share the free stuff. You know, there's certain people and you know, a person of your stature that might try and like keep it for themselves. But to me, that that's no way. Right? No, it's you, my pleasure. You gotta love give it. it. You gotta give it. It's only yeah. it only helps people, yeah, and that's then it deal. helps your brand and helps people get to. And it helps you feel you. good to help people feel good. Yeah. Right. Right. That's what I wanted to make, make instructors' lives easier. I love it. I love it. Love and make it. everyone's lives a little bit better. That's all, right? Sure. That's yeah, it. Yeah, because they, they affect everybody else out there. The instructors I know, 
They affect hundreds. One instructor, in effect, affects hundreds of people. So think about just touching the lives of 20 instructors. There you go. Yep. I love it. Well, Abby, you keep doing what you're doing because you're making big waves in this world. And it's so wonderful to have you exposed to our audience and, you know, really get an idea or for them get an idea of what you do and, and all the people that, you know, you work with, because really what life's about is, you know, you don't have a platform. We created our own and we're hoping that people are getting more fit and feeling better about themselves and getting younger by the day. Right, Brian? That's right. Live forever. Live forever. Abby, thank you so much for coming on with us. We had a great time. This was fun. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was a pleasure. I love it. So with that said, my name is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.